Welcome to the February 9th, 2023 meeting of the Science Fiction Club. And this meeting, we are talking about one book. We're trying a new, renewed format, I guess you would say. Uh, bring our own book alternating with, we've discussed one book. And this month, we're going to discuss Hominids by Robert J. Sawyer. Uh, if people read it, or even if they didn't read it. Or they just started it and quit. Um, so, does anybody feel like uh, giving us an idea? Can I go uh, first? Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, you yeah, go first. Yeah. I just want to say healthy night to everybody, first and foremost. But I really enjoyed the book. I mean, uh, I was telling Roger before we got started, I, one night my sleep timer didn't work. So, I, I think it was... You know, I was hearing bits and pieces over about a three-hour period. I thought it was going to shut off after thirty minutes, but I apparently I mucked something up and it didn't. Uh, it didn't shut itself off. So I didn't read. I guess I didn't read with attentiveness every every minute of the book. I missed. You know, I missed probably a lot during that spell. But I read. I read the rest of it, and uh, I, I liked it. I mean, I, I liked it because it, it focused on, on. It kind of focused on characters and stuff. And I tell you. I want to I want to live with the Neanderthals if they're like mm -hmm. that because they're a lot more civilized than we are in this world. But uh, mm -hmm. uh, I, I just thought uh, uh, I, I thought it did a real good job of contrasting the the two societies. And I mean, it's like so, some of those conversations when he was asked when they were talking about killing animals to extinctions. I was just I was cringing with the rest of the. Uh, the homo sapiens <laughs> in the room thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean we, we got nothing we can say to, to, to this guy. I mean, you know, uh, it, it, but uh, uh, and, and I also enjoyed the, uh, the, the 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 legal drama back back in the, the Neanderthal uh, uh, the parallel world, uh, you know, because, you know, uh, the, the, I guess. They were using the legal system to try to do some personal stuff as well, you know, like uh, like we tend to do. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I just I enjoyed it. I, th I thought it was good. I thought it, uh, Robert, Robert Sawyer, right? That's that's the author. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I, 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 has anybody read the? It looks like there's a sequel to this, or, or there are two sequels. Okay. okay. Yeah. Right. Right. We started the second book. We're about two hours in. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, so but uh, I'm not going to try not to spoil anything. Okay, yeah, I'm okay. going to get. I'm getting ready to start it too. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, uh, I, I mean, I, like I said, uh, I, I thought it was. I thought it was well done, and and it, uh, just, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I like. I tend to like books with human relations in them anyway. When there's a lot of character development and and, and the interplay with, with all that, and 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 not and not so much probably the. The, the pure science stuff, but, uh, 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 you know, they, uh, I think they went and maybe went a little overboard with, with, with the rape stuff, but I mean, that, that obviously Thank was you. a big part of, uh, yeah, yeah. obviously that I was agree. obviously a bit, yeah, that was, I agreed with that. Yeah. That was obviously a big part of Mary's character, but it, I mean, I don't know. It really felt, it felt kind of 80 ish to me. I, I don't know why I'm, I'm picking the 1980s to, 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 to uh, you know, I don't really know when they but but part of it felt like, like it was uh, like it was a a topic that, that was a point in time that, that they got they got overly focused on but uh uh, uh but anyway uh, uh 
yeah, yeah. I'll let other people talk. But uh, are you going to read I, the I, sequels? I, I think I might. Uh, yeah. Are they both on bar? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're all three, okay. and they're all read by the same guy. I don't know if that uh, guy ever sleeps. I swear he reads. He reads a <laughs> heck of a lot of stuff. Who who was in there? Mark Ashby. Mark. Oh, Ashby. that's right. Mark Ashby. That's right. I mean, he yeah. reads yeah. an incredible amount of stuff. I don't yeah, know I think how I, he gets it done. But yeah, I think does. I will. I think I will read the sequels and stuff. Yeah, so I'll have something to talk about it in a future meeting. Then, so there. Yeah. yeah. Think, if we I do think them, he, yeah. I think yeah. he does magazines as well. Yes, he yeah. does. Yeah. I forget which one, but he definitely does one. The New Yorker or New York Times or something. Right. Is it one okay. of those New York? Something it, New Yorker. It I think might, he might be, do that one. but I think he does others. He might either do sometimes do National Geographic or Atlantic. I know yeah. I've seen his name somewhere. Yeah, and then he reads talking books too. I mean, he oh, yeah. really he? Uh, does a lot. Yeah. Anyhow, he stays busy. yeah. But anyway, thanks well, for letting me uh, go first. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you betcha. Um, yeah. uh, we can take turns. Um, since uh, I think I heard, um, what's her name? Darn it. Liz. What's your name? Liz, 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 Liz. That's it. Yes, yeah. Yes, I haven't been here in a while. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah, you know, I really liked this book too, and uh, for many of the same reasons that Alan said, the character development was awesome. I've always loved and just been fascinated by the concept of parallel worlds, and so this was really very good for me. Um, I do agree. I, I kind of, I mean, I understood in, a, in order to explain the Neanderthal approach to society and how groups live together and such. Um, the discussion of the female menses cycle, but I think it was a little overdone as well as the rape. Um, yeah, you know, it's just like, okay, I feel a little on display here, guys. But, but I did enjoy it, and I am looking forward to the sequels. I didn't realize that. Um, I guess I wasn't paying attention recently, but I didn't realize that this was, that had sequels. And so when I got to the end and I started, you know, they, they reached that little spoiler of humans. Um, I was just so excited. <laughs> it's like, oh, thanks. I really loved it. Oh, uh, mm -hmm. can, can I, can I say one more thing? She, she reminded oh, me of something oh, that I forgot. I oh, forgot. Sure, to mention. sure. Yeah. We're going to. Uh, I, I know Miriam, who I, many of you are on the on the email list or familiar with who I'm talking about, mm -hmm. would yeah, cringe yeah. would cringe about the companions. But man, I, I'm gonna strap me an Echo Dot to my wrist. I'm gonna be in business just like, just like those guys were. No, yeah. I just thought that was so awesome. The whole um, what did they call them? The alibis? Um, the yeah. alibi archives. Alibi. Yeah. Yeah, 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 alibi. yeah, yeah, yeah. What an excellent idea! Yeah, I mean, that, Roger. you really can't be falsely accused. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That was Roger, I think. Yeah, yeah Roger. Oh, you want my, uh, me to say? Well, my no, you, you had something to say there, I thought. Oh, I, I just um, I'm coming. I just said something quick about the alibi archives. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I'll say my piece now if you want me we to. Didn't get, we didn't get what you said about the alibi archive, though. I forgot already now myself. Just a, <laughs> just a brief oh, comment. Oh, now see, if you had a companion, you would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you <laughs> Right. You'd be able to retrieve it. Okay, right. well, go ahead. Go ahead, Roger. You might as well, you know, since you're, you're, you're started. You might okay, well, go ahead. well, I have several comments. <laughs> I have several comments here. Uh, one, I think Robert Sawyer really knows how to tantalize the reader. Think about this. He introduces a bisexual, polyamorous 
society and then does not explore the implications. How frustrating. Not only that, what kind of economic system do the um, Neanderthals have? I notice nobody has a job. They all have contributions. There seems to be no unemployment, and they do not apparently use money. At first guess, I would think they have a communist economic system. Mm -hmm. But again, Sawyer does not explore that, so we really don't know. He doesn't say. And then there was something else I was wondering about. Um, The question of why did the Neanderthals go extinct in our world? The character Mary seems to think it was because the sapiens killed them off. I'll say that is far from settled. But if the sapiens did kill them off, well, let me digress for a moment here about the Neanderthal diet. Uh, The physical anthropologists who study Neanderthal fossils have determined from the isotopes found in the bones and especially the teeth that the Neanderthals had a diet of meat that was just about on par with how much meat lions and tigers eat. And I think that Sawyer was actually patterning the diet in this book off of lions and tigers because Ponter, you notice, did occasionally eat some vegetables and leaves. And by the way, lions and tigers do too. And in fact, if you notice your pet cat out in your yard, you will notice that he eats grass. But that's a minor part of the diet. It's mostly meat and plenty of meat. Um, Ponter, when he ate a hamburger, he used the bun just to hold it. He did not eat the bun. But yeah, they don't eat high uh, carbohydrate foods. Now, with this in mind, if um, they are a top-level predator, and if sapiens killed them off, frankly, I would imagine the sapiens would have killed them off because they kept eating us. (laughs) But besides that, if they're going to practice um, selective breeding, if they're going to selectively breed themselves, Somehow, the idea of a top-level predator selectively breeding itself to be peaceful and cooperative doesn't sound right. I would expect them to breed themselves to be better hunters and perhaps warriors and such like that. And um, I have a feeling that if they hadn't died off, they would have been more likely to cause a lot extinctions much more efficiently than sapiens did. But, well, um, Sawyer uses this, um, uh, what do you call it, trope of, the well, there's the saintly alien that comes to Earth and points out to humans how terrible and horrible humans are and how they should repent and all of that. That's something that recurs in science fiction. This time, the saintly alien was a Neanderthal from a parallel world, but that was the trope he uses. And, of course, he had to make the saintly aliens all peaceful and cooperative with each other 
and all of that. But frankly, if they were top-level predators, I wouldn't ex expect that. So those are basically my comments about it. Well, they're not completely peaceful and because all of the relatives, what, what is it? They, they sterilized mm -hmm. all uh, the yeah, relatives yeah. of, I mean, that's a little, I don't, I can't see human beings yeah. going for that kind of justice. That's, that's what I mean. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's very extreme. And I would not expect <laughs> the top level predators would selectively breed for yeah. uh, that kind of stuff. But maybe, well, maybe they would, but I would not expect something like that. Can you yeah. imagine lions and tigers breeding themselves to be peaceful and gentle with each other? Well, I think he's trying to contrast the ancestors. Well, and I don't know uh, if what the ancestry of um, Neanderthals was, but I remember it when. I don't know if it was anal I think it was an analog when these were published and he certainly published at least the first novel there. And I don't remember if they published more, but he's trying to contrast the ants, the descendants of chimpanzees with the descendants of bonobos. And I think that's where a lot of the, in, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, traits for the Neanderthals are coming from um, because bonobos are much more, harmonious and cooperative and less violent than chimps are. Yeah. I, I, I would say that the Neanderthals uh, came from um, Homo heidelbergensis, which came from, um, well, you go far back enough, you have um, Homo erectus, out of which Homo sapiens and Neanderthals evolved. And Where was uh, Neanderthals and and sapiens are about equally related to uh, Homo erectus, and we're all about equally related to both forms of chimpanzees, the bonobos and the, uh, uh, and the pan troglodytes. So uh, both. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. We're two hours in almost, and he does talk a bit more about economics in the Neanderthal world in the second book. So he just doesn't pack it all into the first book, I guess, because he sure, had yeah. a plot. He had, you know, the trial and he had, you know, the uh, trying to get back to, you know, the, the humans reactions and the diseases and, you know, that uh, Ponter had and all that stuff. And I think he's exploring more of that in the second book, which we were amused to note the publisher said was fast paced, but it's not fast-paced um yeah, but yeah. i mean there's he talks a lot more quite a bit more about the economics of the neanderthal world in well, the second spoil book. it spoil it for me do they have a communist economic system well he didn't mention that word yet but what he does mm. notice is that he contrasts our market like uh because they have generations their generations are born you know every 10 years so yeah. they have the factory system makes goods for children of a certain age and then they switch to making goods for children when they're older instead of in our world where they must make everything all at once he says and, he, and of course they have the car you know they have the hover buses which you know is they're, they're much more public transportation minded because you know he contrasts that with you know our society where you know everybody owns a car and they sit around most of the time you know, useless. And he, you know, he, he does a lot more 
contrast. Well, even then in the first book, he contrasts, you know, and, you know, I, Lissy and I were talking and I just said, well, everything's just better over there. You know, that's, that's the way it's starting to look, you know, but anyway, um, but we haven't gotten, you know, he does, well, the, you, you can read the synopsis. He does come back to this world. I mean, it says that in the synopsis, so that's not a spoiler, but he hasn't come back yet. Not in the first two hours. They're still waiting for him to come back. Um, of course, Mary's waiting for him. But since I'm talking, I might as well say that we agreed. Well, it, it's interesting how most people seem to have the same impressions. Um, we thought that he could have created a character similar to Mary's without the dramatic rape scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. She still could have been lonely and had a messy divorce or whatever. And, and sure. been, yeah, she even could that, have been I a thought rape that was victim. a little gratuitous. What? Yeah. She even could have been a rape victim, and they just could have said that in a couple sentences without. Yeah, she could have yeah. Yeah. yeah, they could have done yeah. that. Yeah. And we kind yeah. of got I'm a little bit. To me, but I noticed something. Volume three is called Hybrids. I, mean, yep. I know what Potter and Mary are going to do. Yep, that's pretty easy. But yeah. here's the problem, and we kind of got a little bit irritated because he bangs on a lot about religion. And mm -hmm. this is only one religion, and he's the, the and Neanderthals, or else the author, we're not sure which, has quite a skewed view of, you know, human religion. Mm -hmm. You know, and it seems, and he's going to bang on about it even more in the next, in the second and third books, it looks like. If you read the synopsis to the third book, um, there's... Well, maybe I shouldn't. Well, it's not a spoiler since it's right in the synopsis. Apparently, they discover that uh, part of the, the Mary's religious beliefs are due to some brain thing, a brain defect or something. And I mean, it just I don't know. I think he spends a little too much time on that. And I just, you know, I don't think it's, you know, that important. You know, of course, they don't. Well, that's another thing, though, that might make it more of a communist society because the Neanderthals don't have any, you know, theistic religions of any kind. And mm -hmm. that is purportedly the, you know, the, uh, you know, the uh, stance of the major, you know, communist societies that we know about were, you know, not religious. Well, they replace it with dedication to communism and to the state. They don't want the competition yeah well <laughs> they don't say right yeah, yeah well the uh, neanderthals uh, kind of i mean and they and they do have a governing body they don't mention it much in the first book but they do have uh a governing body in the second book that he talks about more um so um he just didn't go into all you know everything in the first book and he he obviously knew he was going to do a trilogy from the start i think probably uh, mm -hmm. probably talked it over with the publisher before he started. So he just didn't go into everything, you know, that he could have, if he was just writing a standalone novel, he could have done more, you know, of that. He, um, he but it's in the, th in, the, in the sequels, there'll be more of that. What? He, he does explain at the end of book three, though it's been many years since I've read these, I'm going to have to go back and reread them, that mm -hmm. uh, the pacing of a trilogy is a bit tricky because you can get bogged down in the second one. He does give an interesting author's note at the end of book three. I read them. I think they were from Audible, though. So mm -hmm. this may be different. They've been out a while. I don't know why NLS had, didn't grab them back. when. They yeah, I mean, out. it's 20 years ago they were mm -hmm. out. I mean, these are 2002 
2003. Yeah, I, I don't know what would happen. I think this copyright is 1918 or 1989. I'm sorry. Yeah. I oh, thought I okay. looked it up and it was 1989 because I was really surprised. Hmm. Well, there's maybe a lot of ref know. that can't be right, though. There's a lot of references to Internet stuff it? and. Well, um, yeah, there's a lot of references to Internet stuff and I'll have to that double check that because I was uh, one of the. Th well, I'll wait till it's my turn. Sorry. Oh, no, don't worry. You can jump in. Do you want to jump in now? Uh, sure. You can just go on <laughs> Since I interrupted you, were you done? I didn't want to. Oh, yeah, I'm done until okay. I start again. Well, like I said, I looked up the copyright and I thought it was 1989, but I could be wrong because I thought, too, why aren't there more cell phones? And maybe he just didn't think of that. But then there, there was an instance of somebody using a cell phone. Mm -hmm. And there was an instance of Mary telling the doctors to get a DNA swab from a cheek, which right. I would have thought they would have already known. But I, I really liked the book, too, actually. And um, there were some funny things that we haven't mentioned. Like they mentioned Mary had a Morticia Adams chair from the <laughs> Adams family. And I used to be able to see TV well enough that I knew exactly what that looked like. A huge uh -huh. round back chair with her sitting yeah. on it. And that was great. And they had one little thing where the top 10 reasons why we know he's a Neanderthal. That was oh, a yeah. nice touch, too. Mm -hmm. um, I... I got a little confused as to um, how they, in the Neanderthal world, how his friends <laughs> were able to sneak back down there and get him back. But I was glad they did. They so. created a horrible smell in the in the archive uh, place where the archives, the the alibi archives were, and everybody left. Oh, and okay. so nobody was watching. Okay, that remember was he was under judicial scrutiny. Right, right. So his uh, his his. Uh, his companion was being watched all the time. And I thought he had created some kind of situation where somebody was going to pretend to be him and so they wouldn't be watched. And then I just kind of got lost in that. But I still thought it was a good book. And it was, and it's interesting that he decides to come back. I assume they're going to exchange ideas. With the religion thing, I think if you were a Neanderthal and you were not exposed to religion, it would be something you would be very curious about because it would seem so odd to you. Mm. And I, I could see that from that perspective, but I don't know how much he yeah, delves into it true. in the that's future true. books. So yeah, it could be more than I would like in the future books, but I could see where that would be intriguing to mm. someone from that world. And like other people have said, those alibi mm. things would be great mm. for crime mm. prevention, but mm. nobody in our society would ever put up with that. They true. don't well, even want to know. The problem is that uh, um, the, the thing is over there, nobody's viewing them unless they have an order. To exactly. Them. Over here, They're, people right. are viewing them all the time. And nobody would trust yeah. people not to be viewing them. Nobody it's sort of like having an exactly. echo. Everybody yeah, exactly. thinks the echo, everybody's listening to everything you say in your house when you have an yeah. echo, which nobody I is. Hope, I, I hope there are people not out there having to be that do that job. That would be so boring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Echo, what time is it? Echo, what's the weather? Yeah, like I, I, I ask how big countries are every so often. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. If somebody's uh -huh. died. Well, how or, big yeah. is Afghanistan? You know, no, how old is this? How old is Henry Kissinger? Right. Stuff like that. You is know. this person still alive? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That stuff. I mean, that would be awful. Myself asking things like, "What's the weather in Geneva, Switzerland?" Oh, right I now? oh yeah, uh, that's yeah. I do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to know what the temperature was in like Mumbai or somewhere one day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. so yeah. stuff like that. 
but um anyhow they um but that i thought you know that their artificial intelligence that that companion was i thought a little really smart um maybe a little too smart at first (laughs) you know i know that he had a special one but yeah um but he's very clever i mean he really does a good job of creating you know characters and the world too you know the world that you know they live mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Um, yeah the world does a great building. job what's that david the world building is always key in science fiction and fantasy can you pull it off oh he i think he does a good <laughs> job what's absolutely. that alan i said oh. absolutely he, he, he did a great he did a great job with the with creating that world yeah yeah so, so great that I'd, I'd much rather live there i think than here but but hey you're gonna you find know. out what's gonna go wrong with that in book three but i'm not going to say anything yeah else. yeah well, i'm sure uh, yeah i'm sure it's not all roses make yeah, some yeah. no book three make book three makes a mess at the end right. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. probably because they wanted to create that portal at the end and he said it'd be great for tourism well, see thinking, what worries you me is yeah, yeah, what worries me is i know and i'm not gonna ask david david you don't you don't have to reply worries me is the humans are going to want to go over there and take it over uh, think of all the resources uh, we could get yeah. you know yeah. from you're another world out, you're going to yeah, find yeah, out yeah, why that yeah, will yeah, not yeah. happen yeah, yeah. okay well book three they're gonna make yeah. they're gonna do something that's not going yeah. to happen i can't say yeah. anything i'll ruin it all right yeah don't uh, keep, don't yeah. don't say anything but um but yeah we're definitely going to read the sequels um we're already into the second one and it's slow though. I mean, the, the things, mm-hmm. whatever he says about pacing, middle books are just the slowest they can be in a trilogy. In a they trilogy. always are. Yes. Yeah. I, well, I would getting... like to, I would like to try a mammoth steak though. I mean, I bet that'd be good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But the rate they're going, they make genetically fazuzzle a mammoth frozen <laughs> yeah. carcass from Siberia and, they, and stick it in yeah. an elephant. You may yet get to do that. Uh, Lord, yeah. Another. I, actually, another what, they're, what they're working on now, it turns out that the, <clears throat> the Indian elephant is the current existing elephant that is most closely related to the mammoth. Wow. So what they're working on is seeing if they can find a way to breed uh, mammoth, you know, selectively breed Indian elephants for mammoth characteristics and see if they can recreate a mammoth that way. Oh, wow. The way you would back recreate by taking the zebra population and reintroducing the quagga, which was a subspecies of zebra with a striped hindquarters, I think. And they sort of oh. got subsumed into the big <coughs> general zebra genome. I don't understand that very well, but it sounded interesting anyway. They, they they need to go back and watch Jurassic Park before they get I too agree. creative with a lot of that stuff. They really, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot could go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I suppose so. But. Well, whose turn? Anyone? Anyone? I don't David. know. Has everybody had a turn? I have. David. 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 Yeah, David. David. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, and Martin. 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 Are you here? Yeah, yeah. I haven't heard yeah. Martin. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's Martin. Here, yeah. You have to. Yeah, you you need to go in there, Martin. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Um, I you know I agree with everyone. I I, I enjoyed the book. Uh, I I was going to ask about why that rape scene was put in there. Also, it seemed to me that it was unnecessary to put in, but. 
anyway, that was there. Uh, I liked that companion thing. I thought that was very interesting. How they would help you know learn the language, and and help Hunter learn to speak English. Something that you know I, I wonder about is he mentioned when we were talking, but when he when he learned that the that there were no longer rabbits, <laughs> they had been exterminated by the humans. He he described that you could just see herds of mammoths grazing placidly almost out out his window. I wonder how that could be if they hunted them at the same time for their meat. So that was another thing. And um, trying to think, there was something else I wanted to mention. Oh, it was interesting to compare uh, how they viewed the humans when they were looking through the, when they opened up that gateway between the two worlds and the anthropos would have seen the humans as skinny little fragile creatures. That was an interesting thing. And the fact that the human, that the, Humans on their planet were extinct. I forget what the term was that they called them, but Glixons. Oh, Glixons, yes. Yeah, right. But uh, sounds I like a reindeer. It was, I thought it was very interesting. <laughs> well, uh, I, I I liked the fact, and I forgot to mention this that the way he wove in every time a word was said that that they that couldn't be understood by the. Companion, it would go bleak. I thought. I thought that was very oh, well done. Mm -hmm. that, that was very mm -hmm. humorous. The way it was, mm -hmm. a couple of the spots. It was. Just, it was just funny the way he did it. I, I have to tip my hat to him because I yeah. thought that. I thought that was well done. But the, uh, I looked up the copyright and I was wrong. It's 1999. I was just not listening to Jaws mm -hmm. close enough. Okay. Uh, it says 1999 and 2003. So I don't know if that means he. I, I don't know why they would have two copyrights. Maybe he revised it. I, that I don't know. Well, that might be the serial version that Analog published, and then I could when be. they put it, when I, they put I, it I into the novel that came out in Analog in two thousand five. It might have been as early as two thousand three, though. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think he doesn't he have a book. Well, he has a couple other books on Bard. Apart, apart from this, I think doesn't he have one called Alien or something to do with an alien coming to Earth? Not that I know of. No? I have to go back and look at it again. I thought there was. Bell, but um, but we uh, we also liked it quite a bit, and um, yeah, they talk. He talked about the um, um. I think the mammoths did not go extinct because he mentions um, either in the first book or in early in the second book uh, that. Um, they control their population better than people do. People just breed whenever. Mm. So they have no control. So they just, you know, eat up the meat supply until, you know, there isn't any more because they don't have, they don't have control of their breeding, like, like the um, Neanderthals do. So um, that's why they didn't hunt them to extinction. And I, and I got the impression they were more like the Native Americans in our country were to the buffalo mm -hmm. than the white men were. You know, yeah. and they, 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 you know white yeah. men just went ate wild and killing stuff that didn't need to be yeah. killed and stuff. That's but, an uh, excellent well, yeah, point. Just for the yeah. fun of it, like the passenger <laughs> yeah, yeah. pigeons. That was right. just for sport. Some of those Native yeah. Americans mm -hmm. to get yeah. one or two buffaloes, they would drive a whole herd off a cliff. Mm -hmm. And that was rather wasteful. I think the main reason that they didn't wipe out the buffalo like the white men did was because 
they didn't have the technology or means to do so, but they certainly weren't shying away from being wasteful with them. Well, mm. and the, uh, um, in, I think it was Yuval Harari's book, one of his books, he talks about how the Aboriginal Australians used to just burn, you know, forests mm. down to drive out the cattle. And that's why a lot of it's so much desert now, because mm. they burned up a lot of the forest just to get the game to come out. Um, so anyway, they, you know, they were not, um, that's a whole other controversy though, about, uh, the myth of the harmonious natives, you know, with nature, mm -hmm. it wasn't quite as straightforward as that, but anyway, yeah, I'm drifting sure along that, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyhow, um, but yeah, we're going to read the sequels <clears> and we're, I mean, it's great that they're all read by the same person and we're, we're happy about that, but, um, I did remember reading some of it in analog, especially the first one, but it's been over 20 years, so I don't remember it real well. But, um, but I mean, it's nice, even though, even though he's, he's over, I mean, you can argue that he's overdoing the contrast. I'm not going to argue that because it's debatable, but it's good to see another society that might actually be better run. In some mm -hmm. you know that's that's a nice right. contrast to see just because it's not dystopian you know mm -hmm. it's not mm -hmm. you know uh, and and you know that's a good thing and it's and it's this guy's creation so you're always going to be able to pick holes in it but right. i mean it's just nice to see a society that's you know that's at least a little bit better run maybe a lot better but at least a little bit better than the ones that you know that we have here i think I mean, there's a lot, you know. That always mm -hmm. makes interesting science fiction and even fantasy sometimes when they explore different sociological patterns from ours mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. let you see how they might play out. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah um, that's, I don't know if it was in the analog, as I said, but it, it was like, you know, he was trying to contrast, you know, what if humanity had gone a different way, you know, <clears throat> mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And this is his kind of way of looking at that and saying, you know, what if humanity had become more cooperative and less violent, less, you know, more and it's not an impossible idea, right. you right. know. Well, I especially, I mean, I really also like the fact that, you know, we think of Neanderthals as being very primitive and, you know, but he, they were modern. They had technology. They had, you know, some better were, than us. Yeah. exactly yeah so I, I i liked that part of it that they didn't follow that kind of you know uh, primitive neanderthal you know kind of trope that people by, do. by the way just just earlier today i was reading an article online uh, google science news they were talk, they found the site where they have figured out that the neanderthals were actually catching crabs and having well crab banquets Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. Mm. So then you wonder about the, the Denisovans and the people, on, those little people on the island of Flores, that there were several different homonyms, I think, homonyms, I think is the word. Homonyms. I've heard it called homonym now, that that's a newer word for it. But it's just, just to say that there, there were different branches on this tree, and we were the lucky branch, I suppose, that it could have gone several other ways. Yeah, the problem is, you know, and I don't know if this is true or not, but 
it's hard to see how the race doesn't go to the most violent. I mean, I mean, after all, I mean, the most violent can always just kill everybody off. Right. Who, you know, who competes with them. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's hard to see how it doesn't work out that way. Oh, I mean, I'm not an expert, so somebody can, you know, there might be anthropologists who can explain that. I just don't know how, I mean, it's like, um, how else does it work? I mean, any society that competes with the most violent one, they can just, you know, exterminate them, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. It, it, it depends on where, whether you emphasize survival of the most violent versus maybe survival of the most intelligent. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not, I, I see where you're, what you're saying, yeah. but, uh, you know, I, I think there are other alternatives to, to, to just violence. So, so, uh, uh I hope so. I'm not yeah. saying I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> not saying I, I like the idea. I'm just, yeah, yeah. No, I know. But, uh, I mean, if you're intelligent enough, then you can outwit, you know, the most violent. I mean, right, obviously right. we, we are smarter than, you know, the most violent animals. Um, right. and right. we don't have to be violent against them. We can exactly. tranquilize yeah. them and, whatever and move them if we have to or but um so did you reread the book david or did you just do it from memory from memory i need to i should probably reread it i wonder what he's done lately he's he's written other things he's really a good writer very provocative well, he did the WWW books. Remember that those? Was okay. were I like those. Girls. The girl. Yeah. Was oh, aggravating. he did those. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he did those. Yeah, the like those. girl with the. Yeah. She got a yeah. bit on my nerves. Yeah, so. and there's something about that that always bothered me. Thank you. you. Have this teenage blind girl who has been totally blind from birth, and suddenly she gets her eyesight. And it all and works. In less than an hour after getting her eyes, oh. she's asking questions like, What's that black thing over there? Now, how did she know it was black? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she had the, the, the professor father and the mother who was there for her and made sure she had all her braille and everything. And she had a, a friend, I think, who was East Indian who walked her all over the school. And I don't know, she just seemed a little full. I mean, I'm, I thought it was interesting. I'm glad he featured a blind character. It wasn't the worst portrayal I've certainly ever seen. You know, she was very smart and she knew her way around the, the online world. My, but my point was in some ways it was, she was not typical. No. Because mm-hmm. her people were upper middle class at the very least. You know, somebody walked her around her high school the whole time. I, though that I think would have gotten a little old after I had learned routes. I would have hated to have to wait. Around. No, I wouldn't need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like it at the beginning until I learned where everything was because it takes me a little while. Mm-hmm. But I think for her to have it for you seemed a little much. It, it just I don't know. It, it just seemed a little different. I think blind people had different views on it. And, you know, it was interesting. He does write interesting things. He gave that web that that web mind. Um, a sort of, I don't know, in some ways it almost felt a little cyberpunkish or post cyberpunkish, but it, yeah. it certainly, he's certainly interesting. He always makes you think. Yeah, he takes little chances, I guess, a little bit, and he definitely is thought provoking. Um, so, but I don't know what he's done, like, you know, in the last 10 years or five, yeah. you know, five I'd or like, 10 I'd years. I'd be so. curious. Um, 
I don't know what the trends are in SF at the moment. Are we, is everything still nanotech? Have they gone on to another? Because it does come in trends. I mean, in the seventies, a lot of women writers were writing all these things about societies. It wasn't mm-hmm. as hard. The SF wasn't as hard. They didn't focus right. necessarily on hard SF the way Ben Bova does or the way Daniel Suarez, who I just read two neat books by that I'll have to remember to talk to you about in March, Delta V and Critical Mass about asteroid mining that they do love to write about. Oh, I I like the Demon and Freedom books that Daniel Suarez. Wow, those were pretty. Those were really pretty good. He's interesting. But I never, I didn't hear about uh, the other two. I haven't looked kept up with them. They're in all. I think, I think um, Bookshare has them, but they're definitely on Audible. What's funny now, I've noticed when I've looked for like the third book in a series because NLS had just done the second one, and I don't like to wait forever to read the third one because I've forgotten too much (laughs) in the second one, and then I have to go back and reread, and it feels like homework. But sometimes on Bookshare recently, I have found that the third one in a series, and it was an audio book. They they have Mm -hmm. a very few audio books now. They're yeah, they're getting more narrated. Really yeah. You know, that's impressive. I don't know how, what would push that, but that is impressive. They're getting a little bit more like Bard. Yep. But, um, oh, what was I? Oh, I was going to say that um, they, um, um, the, um, no, I forgot. Never mind. It'll come. <laughs> It'll come back to me. But, um, yeah, the uh, Daniel Suarez books, I haven't kept up. But um, I, oh, what I was going to say was that I'm really disappointed because we've got another volume of the best science fiction and fantasy of the the year Mm -hmm. just the other day. And it's 26 hours long, which means if let's assume roughly half of it's science fiction. So that's around 12 hours, which is like a third, a less than a third of a best of anthology we would get from Dartner does what? of best science fiction of the year. Oh, and of course, obviously I know he's no longer around to get them, but every time I see these, it makes me miss him. It makes me miss him more Mm -hmm. because we're getting such a pittance of science fiction, you know, of anthologies than we used to get Mm -hmm. out of, you know, and they're mixed. And and of course we're supposed to tell people we're not supposed to tell them, but, there's a big difference between fantasy and science fiction, but it gets harder and harder to tell people what difference there is if they put out these volumes every year with them all mixed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 For that matter, the science fiction writers of America became the science fiction and fantasy writers of America, and also the Hugo Awards at some point started accepting started giving out war, awards for fantasy too and it's oh, like no. i would think if anybody would know the difference between science fiction and fantasy it would be the fans of either and believe yeah. me there is a big difference well i know but uh, oh well anyhow yeah anyhow uh but i just saw that the other day and it just made me think of the massive books we used to get you know, just science fiction, all science fiction, one year. Now we get this little smidgen, like less than a third of what we used to get. But anyway, oh well. Um, well, does anyone else have any uh, anything else one wants to? I mean, we're going to bring our own books next month. Mm-hmm. If you guys want to do that. 
David, what did you think about the rape scene? You didn't ever say anything about it. Yeah, you never said anything about it, did you? <laughs> you still there? Do you, do, you, do you remember it bothering you when you read it years ago? Um, I thought it was a little bit more than we actually needed to have. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I do see where it would definitely be of a concern to people. It's not integral that we had to see it, though we live in an era when people want to see everything and know everything and know everybody's business. And everybody wants to write their memoir and tell you all their business and how they hated their parents. Right, 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 right. Do I hear a rant coming? No, I don't yeah. stop. <laughs> but there's no, it's too okay. Much- it's okay. But I mean, yeah. the biggest YouTuber right now is a guy named Mr. Beast. He's 24. He made something like 50 million last year. He paid for a thousand people to have cataract surgery this year, poor people, which is good. He gave, you know, people vision, but he was mm-hmm. criticized in a way. And I do understand why that his philanthropy was called considered performative and very self-promoting. And it probably was, but I guess if you're blind mm-hmm. and you get to see again, you don't worry about all of that. But it, it just seems it benefited, you know. But they said he all of his stuff is is of the stunt attention getting novelty. Uh, there's so much of that in our culture now. Mm-hmm. There's so much get rich quick, gimme gimme. Nobody wants to have to work. They just want to come up with a gimmick, a reality show, or you know, it it was fun when it first came out because nobody had done reality TV except a little bit on MTV back in the day. But it's almost like the mentality it's created is everybody wants to come up with a gimme angle, but not have to really do anything. Just put all your business out and nobody cares as long as you make money. It's something yeah. that seems like it's going to eventually blow up. Yeah. 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 Somehow. Not well, if I robots did... do all the work. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. Then we're yeah. all gonna have to have a universal basic income. And when it yeah. when, the, when the AIs figure out how to do all the white collar jobs like doctors and you know, doctors and lawyers, they're really going to cry because so far yeah. they're not as impacted as blue collar people. So they can pretend, oh, it's not us. They should just go find yeah. another job or go learn job skills in age right. 50, go relearn everything yeah. in their 50s. See how fun I'll that tell is. you, things are really changing fast though now. I mean, chat me GPT is oh, I is know. in pain and now Microsoft, and Google's starting to and and I just got a, a note. I get this technology news stuff. They've got an AI now, and I, I was going to post it to the Google SF. Bard. Yeah, they've got an AI now that can do faces that look more real than the originals. Oh, uh, the singularity is coming. And I think Kurzweil's date might be. I, I had my doubts about it. You know, he, I thought he, he was jumping the gun. It. But oh, he must I'm be beginning. I'm beginning to think he might not be that off target. Things it's are really moving quickly. Did he, did he, did he give? Was it twenty forties? Twenty forty five was his date. Yeah, he wants to live long enough to live forever. He wrote the book, so he takes like two or three hundred pills. Uh, he a does. Day. He takes and, an enormous amount of and stuff. He does oh, IV day. therapy. He does IV therapy every week and. I forget what all, and he wants to live long enough to live forever. My only thing is I hope that when this singularity thing happens, the 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 singularity, the AI, whatever it is, doesn't decide that humans are so aggravating, we'll just get rid of you. <laughs> well, you know, I never I never thought about living forever. I remember somebody quoted this scene, this conversation from a Terry Pratchett book. I think it's called Guards. Guards and one guy says, "Do you want to live forever?" And the other guy says, "I don't know. Ask me again in five hundred years." That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, because eventually you'd get bored because everything you'd recognize, all the patterns you had seen a hundred years ago, you might eventually get bored. You'd have to figure out how to restructure society because nobody would want to be married to the same person for. Well, I'm years reading old. this book from 
book share. Oh. Since this is science fiction, right. it's not a science book, but it's called The Case Against Death. And it's mm. written by a philosopher who comes up with all the objections to why, why death is natural, about overpopulation, about you know, not finding new interests. about, And he refutes all of them. Well, where uh, does he just, put all the people? I mean, you, the, the birth can only hold so many. Well, I haven't to, finished it yet. So, oh, no. but he, but it, uh, I've looked at the, I mean, I've, I'm out uh, well, that's, that's one third of the to halfway points. through and he does deal with it, but I haven't got to that section yet. Because that's what would make points. different choices. I mean, look at vampires. Yeah. They're quite happy to be immortal. Most of them, not mm. all of them. And a lot mm. of us wouldn't not be happy given the way the country well, and it's going. not about living forever. Yeah, he right, says, right, it's right, just right. about not having being forced you know, uh -huh. to die at a certain age. That's the mm -hmm. distinction oh. he makes. He's you not talking to... about living forever. Yeah. want to develop a, a cis lunar infrastructure and have people on colonies, you know, because the Earth can only hold so many people, but you have all the resources out there. And I don't know about living on the moon or a planet because our bodies aren't designed to live at those lower gravities. So you might have to live in these spun up space colonies. That's uh, Suarez gets into all that in those two books I mentioned. You yeah. Know, but I mean, at the rate, to, at the rate genetic technology is going, I mean, yeah, they might be able could, to change us could adapt people to different environments. Like in that big, long nine book series. Oh God, by the, what were those people's names with with belters and different the, the the people who lived in lower gravity were taller and thinner and had no interest in going back to earth because right. they never had gone there that didn't interest they didn't want to be in a planet with all the sky over their head feel like they were all in the open yeah what they was that it. what was that book called it was a series of nine books it became something on one of the streaming channels it was written by a duo one of whom was the secretary for george rr R. martin and oh, I, can't, I, I don't remember, but I know in the Jonathan. Hyperion books, Dan Simmons, they had the what they called the ousters, the oh. ousters, and they were adapted to uh, weightlessness. And they were, and the, this is they pretty the far quadis. in the future. Louis McMaster Bujold had the quaddies. They had no legs. They had another set of arms. Right. They lived, yeah, oh, they, they were adapted. Right. They, that, they didn't have the, the rain world. Oh, yeah. And I know Leviathan, I believe, was one of the books in the nine book series, if I remember right. It got weirder. I finished it, but it had several like novellas in between. They love to do that now, like book 1.5. Right. Book yeah. Two. They've yeah. got these def decimal point books and yeah. <clears throat> little short, short stories. Or they'll go yeah. back and write a prequel thing or they'll write a, like a letter at the end on their website. You got to go back and find it because it like sums up the series or maybe it takes the series in another direction or they'll put something in a podcast. You know, things are more expandable now. Mm -hmm. Well, especially if you can sell a multi-book contract and exactly. all that. I would be so scared I couldn't write it, though. I guess mm -hmm. the writers don't have that problem. I mean, people like Nora Roberts, though, she's not really SF, even writing as J.D. Robb, but she must write, whip yeah. out three books a year. Well, if you've got a staff like James Patterson, then you don't have to worry about whether you, <laughs> you can write wanna, it or not. If you want to call what he does, you get write somebody it, else to write it. Yep. <laughs> uh, I think she writes 10 hours a day too, probably, but uh, she's, she's a workforce too. I'd be know. happy with her leftover. Danielle steals another one. I'd be happy with their leftover talent. I would want to write one book every year or two, like Danielle, yeah. like Stephen King or Dean Kuhn, you know, some of the writers who write you one good book every year or two, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. people like James Michener when they, you know, they wrote really good stuff. Some of this stuff that's written like three books a year after you've read a few, you can't remember which one is which anymore.
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I didn't know Dean Koontz was still, but he, there was a new book by him. I saw that the other too. Day and yeah. I didn't know he was still active. Me he either. seems to be. And Stephen King just had fairy tale, which was strange. Mm-hmm. Oh, he can, he can be strange sometimes, but he's interesting. It was uh, okay, guys. Oh, yeah. He's, he's well, kind of science fiction. Stephen King's Running Man, the the the, the Bachman books. One of those was kind of the Running Man was kind of science fiction. Tommy Knockers was too. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. I keep thinking I got to get that, but I, I I forgot to look it up. But I know Roger mentioned that was the really truly <laughs> science fiction. Yeah, a Pam, lot of people Pam didn't Pam like Ward it, did. but I liked it. I thought it was good. Pam well, I got to ask Lissy. She used to read him more, you know, yeah. than I did. And that was um, Pam Ward, someone you don't see much anymore. She rat narrated it for some reason. Oh, I remember wow. that Pam Ward. Wow, I would mm. never have known. I remember that. I her. I don't know why it's stuck in my head. Don't ask. I me. remember her name, but not her voice. So, I guess we'll see. Can, can, can I make one last take? One last shot at, at Mary. Sure. The, 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 sure. The, sorry, I don't. I don't mean to keep beating on her, but I, I, I'm wondering how. I mean, she was supposed to be like 38 years old. And yes. at the end, when she made that comment about putting MV plus PB on the wall, oh. thinking, <laughs> what the hell? I mean, something we you, you, you do when you're, when you're preteen and stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know what? I again. just didn't. We just didn't. I mean, we just didn't uh, get. I mean, we read that, but we didn't have any reaction to it. But you're right when you mentioned uh, it. Yeah, I, 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 th- I thought, what? I mean, come on, you're a grown woman. Yeah, what are, junior what are high about? school. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, I just really kind of stuck with me. I don't know why. Well, I think okay. at least in this book, I, I, I know I've read others of his. He doesn't really do the female characters as well as the male characters. Right. Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah, Isaac yeah, Asimov. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, okay, or Ben so. Bova. I don't think either one of them did. Fe- or even Robert Heinlein. I don't think it, some of the science fiction authors just don't do them as well. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. I can understand why Heinlein couldn't. Yeah, he's from another time. <laughs> I know. He was just, you know, I mean, some of them were pretty strong-willed, you know, females. Mm-hmm. Like if you read Stranger in a Strange Land, but but of course they had to be always ready, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, the way they his were, women seem they seem to yeah, like sort his of female like characters. Harem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He always yeah. had to have that kind of thing going on. Yeah. You know, it's a little I mean, I would cringe if I was. And of course, we had that uh, night train to Rigel, Timothy Zahn, where the guy said, good girl, you know, oh. all the time. Oh. I remember oh. I remember that. I remember we we did that as a club back when Mary Emerson was. I was um, thinking about here. her the other day. I think and it was October 2017. She's been going already that long. Oh, oh my goodness! I You're think right. it's Sherry. I think it was Sherry. I don't remember the date, but it has been a while. I was so glad you called her with me. I didn't. I was a little nervous, but I'm glad we did. Yep, it went well. Yeah, we did talk to her, but you guys talked to her after we did. I think. Yeah, and she uh, was we sounded, did She sounded frail. That was sad. She knew a lot about SF. Oh mm-hmm. man, yeah, she was really good. She oh, was really oh. smart. She was a real asset to the meetings. Very mm-hmm. much. And I still have her favorite books list here that she posted. Oh, yeah. I kept should, it. Is it really, really long? I guess it no, is. No, I don't think so. But I haven't looked it, at it for a while. So. You should post right. it to our list one day. All right. I will do That'd that. I will do yeah. that. You got to remember her. Yeah, you're right. Okay, guys. Well, the next meeting of the Science Fiction Club will be on Thursday, March the 9th, 2023. 
mm-hmm. and it will be bring your own book 